challenge you this morning uh, with time and information. Uh, I hope you got some help, but I know that was a lot to take in. Uh, I didn't want to dwell on that this morning for any more services than that one, so I just tried to fit it all in the one service. If it was more than you could take, uh, just go back and, and re-digest uh, chapter 38 and 39 of Ezekiel for the next few days, and I believe the Lord will help us. Uh, I'm, I'm glad tonight uh, that we know how this thing ends, aren't you? And uh, I'm glad, again, I'll say it, I'm on the winning side. And we have answers and we have anchors uh, for our soul in a world that is upside down. Uh, we, have, we have answers and thank God that we do. What, what would life be like uh, if you had to live your life uh, without any anchors and any answers? And that is a lot of folks has lived their life that way and are living their life that way. I'm glad, thank the Lord, uh, that I was introduced to the answer uh, that changed my life. And so I can have peace tonight and assurance tonight uh, in uncertain times. Uh, I think we owe that to our children, that they can grow up in uncertain times with peace and assurance. Uh, that's what this class is about. We're trying to build strong homes, uh, strong children, strong families to the glory of God. Uh, it's been some time since we met uh, in my Sunday school class, uh, at least two, three, maybe four weeks. So uh, we, we, we uh, have been away from it for a while. Um, we're going to start a new section tonight. Uh, let me say this, uh, first of all, I, I'm not going to give a, uh, a reintroduction again because it would probably be about the fourth or fifth reintroduction. Uh, to the teaching, uh, but all of this is online. If you're new, we've got some new folks, actually several new folks, uh, to to our church right now and to our uh, to this class. And you've been a part of our church, but uh, recently and added to our church recently. We're grateful for that. But you've never been in this class. Um, you can go on our website, cbchepsiba.com. Uh, you can find every one of these uh, messages. There's actually a link. We've got it so easy for you. You can click on that uh, link, Home Builders class, and it'll pull every. You don't have to go down through there and try to figure out which one is which. You can go down and find the very first one. They're dated. You can find the first one. You can listen to it, the second and the third and the fourth. Uh, if you feel like uh, your family needs some counseling, if you feel like your family needs some instruction, uh, go there. Uh, there is no greater counsel than the counsel of the Word of God. Uh, and go there first and apply what is taught. Uh, you say, preacher, are you bragging on your preaching? Absolutely not. I'm bragging on the subject material. I'm, bra I'm bragging on the content, uh, the subject matter. Uh, it is the Word of God. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, and if you'll get a hold of truth, it's the only thing. That will set you free. It'll set your children free. It'll set your home free to worship the Lord. Uh, so go on there and get that. Uh, that will make everything that you'll hear from here on out uh, make more sense because you will hear it in context to what has been said. Uh, so go on there. Sit down in the afternoons. Uh, turn off a TV show for, for an hour uh, and, and set your family down and listen to it. Uh, and you'd be surprised what God can do 
and what God will do for you. Uh, I'm encouraged at what God's doing in so many families right now anyways. Uh, and, and again, the truth of the word of God is the only thing that makes a difference. Uh, a real lasting life changing difference. So uh, go find that. Go, go plug into that. Uh, it's on our website and there's a podcast. You can find it and keep up to date uh, with the Home Builder series. Uh, I do want to read tonight the opening statement. I, when, was it January that I restarted teaching this? Uh, or was it before? I think we started in January. Does that sound about right? Um, I think we started in January revisiting this uh, subject. And so there's several uh, uh, Sunday night weeks throughout the year that we've, we've done it. Uh, I want to go back and read the opening statement that I gave to you. Um, and, and, and maybe that'll bring all of this home and then I'll, I'll give you uh, each section that we've covered not the material, just the title and then we'll go to this section that we're in tonight alright, uh, the Christian home that's what we're working on building and so let me read what, 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 uh, uh, what I have here the home, the place where life is lived lessons are learned, mistakes are made Values and belief systems are taught. The place where personal character and traits that will often last a lifetime are learned. It is the place we become who we will be, where we determine how we will live and function in society. It is no wonder there is such a satanic attack on the home, and not just the Christian home, but the home in general. From the very first pages of Scripture, we see Satan lurking in the shadows, attacking, perverting, and maligning the home. His movements may be subtle, but they are no doubt lethal. His venomous darts have been fired from every angle until they have absolutely poisoned and polluted our very concept of what the home really is and how it should function. In most homes where once there were walls and doors, there now lies ashes and debris, heaped up as a reminder of what used to be. You may be an exception to the destruction, but be assured you're no exception to the attack. Chances are, and if the truth be told, his devices are already at work in our homes. Yes, I said it, the devil is at work in our Christian homes. Just like the forces of nature that are constantly working against our house, Satan is constantly working against our homes. When it comes to our house, we are forever fighting back or we will no doubt be overtaken. We mow our yard to keep snakes and critters at bay. We pay for pest control to keep away disastrous insects that would eat away our home board by board without us ever even knowing. We replace siding and shingles damaged by the wind and warped by the sun in an attempt to keep out the elements. The list goes on and on and on with no end in sight. The battle for our house is real and we will do everything in our power to fight it. When the storms come, we'll be ready. When the winds blow, we'll repair and rebuild. So what about our home? What measures are we taking to protect it? What is our plan of defense to fight the attack on the home? I can assure you of one thing, the attack on our home is far greater than the attack on our house. And the cost is much higher. You can replace your house, you can build again or move, but you only have one shot with your children and your home. So what can we do? 
Well, thank God the Bible has our answer. Found in the pages of Scripture are the blueprints and guidelines for a home that can withstand the tests of time. In this study, we will look at the building of a godly home from the very first stages until the end. We will find out what works in the battle for our home. May we allow God to reveal to us the things that need to be repaired, things that need to be reinforced, the things that need to be replaced, and the things that need to be removed. Let's take a walk through the stages of home building for the sake of our marriage, for our children, for our home. And so that was the introduction that I, that I gave. Maybe that will sum up uh, for you what we're, what we're looking into. Uh, how many of you are grateful tonight for the home that God has given you? Uh, and I want, and I am, and I want to do everything I can to preserve it, uh, protect it, uh, and benefit my home. And that home includes myself, it includes my wife, it includes my boys. Uh, and one day it will include uh, their wives uh, to a degree. Though they may not live with me, it will, it will include their wives and their children, my grandchildren. Uh, I, I want to protect that. It is valuable. It's more valuable than my house. Uh, it's more valuable than my land. It's more valuable than anything I have. And that is the one thing that I cannot rebuild and I cannot replace. So God help me uh, have the kind of home uh, that, that, that those living in that home can appreciate and get help from. Uh, I talked to a lady just the other day. Uh, she came into the school and we were talking uh, and here's the statement that she made. Uh, she said, I, I, I had no idea uh, that it would go this quick. And she said, I, uh, I didn't mean for it to end like this. And it's not over, but she said, I didn't mean for it to end up like it is. Uh, she said, I, 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 I allowed some things in my life that allowed some things in our home that allowed some things in my children and now here we are, and I don't know how to get out. I don't know how to fix it. And it seems like overnight all of this came about. Uh, I, I don't want to wake up one day and realize that I wasted their childhood. I don't want to wake up one day and realize that I wasted my youth. And I don't know how much of it I have left, but whatever youth I have left, I don't want to waste a second of it. Uh, I don't want to wake up one day and realize that I wasted my marriage. I want to make the best of the time that I have with those that God has given me to make an imprint and an impression for good in their lives that they will remember all the days of their life. That's important. Uh, we get one shot at life. You don't get to relive it. You don't get to replay it. You don't get to redo it. You get one go around. And the only way you can assure, and there's going to be mistakes in it no matter what you do, but the one way you can assure that it ends up right is that it stays right in, 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 in alliance with the Word of God. God has a plan for your home. God has a plan for you. God has a blueprint of what He wants it to look like in your life. And if you'll do it, listen to me tonight, if you'll do it God's way, I promise you it will turn out right, it'll turn out good, and it'll turn out much better than any alternative that you have. Uh, how many of you agree with that tonight? Uh, 
we, I, we, we started this, uh, there's five sections we're going to cover. I'll give you the titles of the two that we have, and we'll start the third one. And we're about halfway done with this now. <clears throat> of course, that may not mean much because we can take, uh, we can take and drag half out for a whole other year. Uh, but we got nowhere else to be and nothing else to teach, so we might as well take our time. Uh, <clears> or <throat> nothing else on my mind to teach right now, uh, so let's take our time. Uh, we looked at the first stage of home building. Uh, that is the blueprint section. That's just sitting down and figuring out what do we want, what do we want to do, what are we going to do. That's the first stage of home building. Uh, then we looked, uh, and we've been for some time now, in the foundation stage of home building. That is that Christ is the chief cornerstone, the Word of God is the foundation, and we build everything upon that. And if we build, if we build on the world's values, if we build on the world's customs, uh, we're building on sinking sand. But Christ is the rock, and He's a firm foundation. And if you'll build your Father, if you'll build your life on Jesus, it'll stand the test of time. Mother, if you'll build your life on Jesus, it will stand. Everything else is sinking sand, and you know it. Uh, uh, young people, if we'll build, and we've got our teens in here tonight, uh, if you'll build your life on Jesus... Uh, it will withstand the test of time and you can have a foundation you can stand on. Uh, if we'll raise our children where Jesus is the foundation, the word of God is a sure footing, uh, then, they, then it can stand the test of time. That's the foundation stage. Let's start tonight the framing stage of home building. <clears throat> when, uh, when I... Uh, when I uh, moved to Bible college, and before that, when I was in high school, I worked for a building company. When I moved to Bible college, I worked for a building company for a while as well. We built houses. Uh, before I went to Bible college in high school, I, I worked for a company, uh, and they, they did framing. Uh, what that meant is that they, uh, uh, they come in after the foundation was there, and they put the wall, we put the walls and the and the, and, the, and the roof and the doors and all that up, and then somebody else would come in and, and finish out the house. They would do all the finish work. Uh, when I was in college, I worked for a company that did it all. We laid the foundation, uh, we, did the, uh, we did the framing, uh, and then we did the finishing work. Uh, my favorite of all of it was the finishing. Uh, the reason why, number one, is because you were inside something. And it was either one or two seasons down here. Uh, it was either really, really deathly hot, uh, where it would kill you outside, uh, and or it was it, it would be really cold. There was no in between. It seemed like, uh, and so we we were cold or hot, uh, or or sunny or raining. Uh, and so I enjoyed the finishing work. That was the uh, uh, crown molding and shoe molding and the and the hanging the doors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to I want to take the next little bit and talk about the framing stage and then the next stage will be the finishing stage and then the final stage will be the front porch stage and I've told you many times that's where uh, you can set it uh, on your front porch and enjoy at least in part what God has given you don't mean that you won't have to do some mowing and some painting and some sweeping and some cleaning and some maintenance but you've got something that you can live in and live with uh, and, and enjoy and that's where I think we're all wanting to get to, the front porch stage. I want to enjoy my home. Uh, and if I don't enjoy my home, there's something wrong. 
I, I'm afraid people have grown up in homes that they didn't enjoy. Uh, and, and, and it's not rules that make people not enjoy homes. Uh, it is relationships. Uh, it is, it is uh, most of the time, sometimes it's rebellion, but most of the time it is re- relationships and it is love and it is uh, uh, the goodness of God that brings people to enjoy uh, that home. Uh, and, 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 and we have people that grow up and they didn't, and then they raise people up in the same kind of home that they grew up in because that's all that they know. And what you need to know is there is a front porch sitting kind of home where you can enjoy in your right mind. You don't have to be spaced out, drugged out, or drunk out. You can enjoy uh, life with your family. Uh, that's where we ought to be headed. Uh, if we're going to get there, let's look tonight at the framing stage of home building. Uh, let me read to you for a minute. The plans are drawn, the materials are purchased, and the foundation is poured. It's time to start nailing lumber. In this section, we will cover the importance uh, and necessities of walls, windows, doors, and ceilings. These are all the things that have to be framed. Uh, This is where we put into action the plans that we drew in the first stage. This is where we built upon the foundation we laid in the previous stage. In every home that is built, the personal preference of the homeowner is evident. Some prefer open floor plans with fewer walls and higher ceilings. I kind of like that myself. Open floor plans, talking about a house, fewer walls, higher ceilings. But others find that more walls and lower ceilings give a more cozy, comforting feel. Kind of makes me claustrophobic. But you, you deal with what you got to deal with. Somebody help me right there. And I've lived in both. Uh, I, uh, we, we lived in a house in North Augusta uh, that, that, that was so small you couldn't pass each other in the hallway without running into each other. Um, you could, you could, you could uh, wash your feet in the tub uh, and your hands in the sink at the same time. It's right there. Uh, but we may do, and God bless, and, and, and thank the Lord for it. If I have a preference, I'm going to choose higher ceilings, uh, uh, less walls, and open floor plans. Uh, but it is left up to uh, the homeowner. Uh, I, and, 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 I, and I say that for this reason. Uh, every home is, don't have to look like a cookie cutter house. We're, we're making the comparison of the house to the Christian home. Uh, no two homes are the same. There are guidelines, there are blueprints in the Word of God that will help your home be successful in raising children. There are some things that we have to be dogmatic about, uh, but not every home has to be exactly like your home. And don't get mad at people when they don't do things exactly like you do them. Because with everything that you may have right in your home, you've got just as much probably wrong that you need to work on. Uh, And a lot of it is preference. And God leaves a lot of things open for preference. uh, So that you can enjoy the home that you live in. Um... Though we may differ somewhat in the location and amount of our walls or the height of our ceilings, one thing that we must agree on 
is that they are necessary. Walls and ceilings are necessary. You don't have a home without them. And you can't have a home with just walls. Or you can't get in or you can't get out. You've got to have doors and they've got to be framed. And you're going to need some windows or it's going to be awful damp and awful dark and awful dreary in your home. And so in this framing stage, we're going to look at the necessity of walls, ceilings, doors, and windows. Every home needs ceilings. Uh, and where, uh, uh, or, I'm sorry, every home needs walls. Every home needs ceilings. And where there are walls and ceilings, there need to be doors and windows. In the framing stage, let's consider it in these four sections. Walls, windows, doors, and ceilings. And let's begin tonight with the walls. I want to talk to you tonight about the framing of the walls in your Christian home. Uh, let me give you some verses tonight. Uh, you can write them down and go look at them later. Isaiah chapter 32, verse number 18. Uh, and my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Uh, we find in Isaiah 32 that it is God's design and it is God's desire that His people, and Israel, but we're His people uh, through Christ, that His people live in, uh, that they dwell in, peace of, in a peaceable habitation, in a sure dwelling, and in a quiet resting place. Sounds to me like home. Uh, how many homes tonight, this may be a side note, but how many homes tonight uh, in America would fit that description? A peaceable habitation. Let me ask you a question tonight. Is your home a peaceable habitation? I, I, I'm not saying is everybody perfect. I'm not saying is everybody always get along. But as a description of your home, is it peaceable? Is it peaceful? Where you live. Uh, does mother find peace? Does father find peace? Do the children know peace at the home? If not, your home is not living up to the desire and the design of God's uh, will for your home. He said, again, and my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation and in sure dwellings. Uh, and, 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 and understand that that is the opposite or the contrary to the tent life or the nomadic life. Uh, that God wanted for them to have a, a, a home of peace and a home of permanence. Uh, that they were not always moving around. And in American society tonight we find that that is very much a prevalent thing. That, 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 that spouses are moving around from one to another and, and, and boyfriend here this week and gone and a new one and girlfriend this week and gone and a new one and there's always a new daddy, always a new mama and children are bounced back and forth and, and God's will for your life is that it be peaceful in your home and that there be some permanence in your home. Uh, it is the design and the will of God that that home be peaceful and permanent. Uh, and, and then look, and in quiet resting places. Uh, he, 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 he said that the home, the design, the desire for the home of his people be a place of quiet rest. It don't mean it's not loud from time to time. It doesn't mean there's not laughter. As a matter of fact, you can, you can rest in laughter. 
doesn't mean that there's not the noise of children playing and talking. It doesn't mean that there's not the noise of a, of a husband talking to his wife or a wife talking to her husband and, and all of that. But it is a place of, of, of rest. It is a place, uh, here's a word that would describe it, a sanctuary. A place where I can't wait to get back home. We're, we're, we're children at the end of the day, though they may get bored they, they, at home. And most kids get bored at home from time to time. But it is a place that they long to go back to. It is their home. It is their resting place. It is their sanctuary. And, and as a father, it ought to be my desire to make that home a sanctuary for my wife and for my children. Uh, as a wife, it ought to be my wife's, and I believe that it is her desire to make our home a sanctuary for our children and for me and for her. Uh, That is God's design. That is God's desire. Uh, In Isaiah, we realize that God's desire for His people, His design for their life is that they live in peaceful homes and sure places of protection and quiet resting places. Uh, And I want to say this to you, that don't exist without walls. Let me say that to you again. That don't exist without walls. Walls are mandatory if there's going to be protection. Walls are mandatory if there's going to be peace. Walls are mandatory if there's going to be quiet rest. Got to have walls. Uh, Let me give you another verse tonight. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 28. Uh, And and maybe you'll say, well, that one's a stretch, but let me give it to you and explain it and see what you think about it. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Uh, Here's the comparison. A man and a city. The man who has no rule over his own spirit means he has no walls keeping him in line. Is in comparison uh, to a city without walls. Uh, This is a man out of control. This is a man who is a disaster to himself and everyone around him. This is a man that is dangerous because he has no borders, he has no barriers, he has no boundaries, he has no walls, he has nothing that keeps him in check. And the Bible compares that to a city without walls and says that just like a man without walls is dangerous to himself and others, a city without walls is dangerous. How about this? A home without walls is dangerous. Now again, I'm not talking about your house. I'm not talking about the four walls that go around the place that you call home. I'm talking about the spiritual home that you have. If you're going to have these things, there has got to be walls. Walls are necessary in our world everywhere we turn. Let, let, me, let me say this before I go. What, what, what do I mean in the spiritual sense when I talk about these walls? Well, a wall could be described as a boundary. A wall could be described, and and how many of you believe that our home needs boundaries? Uh, Sir, you may be the head of your home, but you need boundaries. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Mom, 
You may like being in control, but you need boundaries. And if they're not there, there's no peace. If they're not there, there's no protection. If they're not there, there's no quiet resting place. You need walls in your home. Uh, they're boundaries. Uh, they're, they're borders. Uh, they, they, they show us uh, the line of, of, of where we are and where we're to be. They, they are barriers. They are keeping stuff out that we don't even think about that would be there. And we've never even given it a second thought because all of our life in our house, them walls have been there. We never even thought about raccoons in the house. We never thought about, and every now and then a, a, a little snake will crawl into somebody's house and we'll lose our minds, and I would too. Last night we, we walked into our bedroom and we have pest control. And I, I, I walked into the, uh, to the bedroom and there was a spider. I said, and I knew it would scare them, uh, my wife especially. And Hudson don't like them either. Levi don't care, so I always make Hudson kill them because he don't like them. And, and I said, y'all come in here and look, there's a spider. Uh, well, I don't want, I don't want to go to bed. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not just terrified. I'm not going to jump and scream. Now, you let a little mouse come crawling through there. I may jump on the couch. Uh, but I'll let Levi kill them because I don't like them. That's the joys of being dad. Uh, but, but, I mean, we have pest control, but they, they find their way in. I've never had to worry about wolves and coyotes being in the house because they got walls. Never had to, and, and I'll be honest with you, if somebody wanted to get in, they could, but I go to bed feeling pretty good at night because I got walls keeping stuff out. When they, when they say a, a, a tornado's coming, uh, I, I don't like it no more than you do, but I, I go to bed with some safety because I have walls. They are borders, they are barriers, they are, uh, they are boundaries. And in the spiritual sense, there's a whole lot coming after your mind, your marriage, coming after your children, coming after your home on a daily basis. And, and we, we put walls up around the house we live in and then yet for some reason in our Christian life we have no walls and we want no walls. As a matter of fact, we reject it looks like a wall. Don't tell me what to do. I won't let no preacher tell me. I won't let no church tell me. I'm going to live my life and be free. And I'm going to raise my children to be free spirits and free minds. You know what you're saying? I'm going to raise them in a world where everything around them needs walls to keep them safe. But in the one area of their spiritual life that involves their heart, their mind, and their soul, I'm going to let them live without walls. How dangerous. How silly, how naive. If you need walls in all them other places, they stuff more scary than a coyote. And they stuff more scary than a snake. And they stuff more scary than a raccoon. And you better learn how to build walls where you live to keep stuff in that's precious and keep stuff out that's deadly. Walls are necessary in the world everywhere we turn. I, 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 let me see your Bible. I, I thought about this. Uh, I mean, every aspect of life, and I don't want to get bogged down in this because I, I want to I finish, or at least get as far as we can. Uh, but, but I thought about this, Genesis chapter number 1. 
uh, we find them from the very beginning of creation, walls. Verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out form, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Uh, how many of you appreciate the light? Let me ask you another question. And when I say this, I don't mean in a spiritual sense. I mean in a real life. How many of you appreciate darkness? I'm glad the sun comes up every morning. But I'm glad it goes down every night. What is it that keeps the light from invading all the darkness? You may not see them, but God's got some walls. And what is it that keeps the darkness from invading all of the light? You may not see it, but God's got some walls. And I'm glad we don't live in a world where it's all light. Because I appreciate the darkness because my body needs to rest. And I'm glad we don't live in a world right now where it's all darkness. Because we need the light. There's some walls. Um, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament. In a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. He said there's a water up there and there's water down here and he built a firmament in the middle and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so and God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. Uh, we live down here in the first heaven and and, and, and where, where, where uh, the, the birds are right there in our view and all of that is, is, is right here. Uh, and then above that is the second heaven. And out there where God is is the, is the third heaven. Uh, and there's borders, there's boundaries, there are barriers that separate that. And, and you may not see them, but there's a wall. Grateful that there is. Uh, it is from the very creation. What is it that keeps the, the ocean from absolutely uh, coming in and wiping out everything that's there? God's got some walls. And I can go down to the ocean and enjoy the ocean, but I wouldn't enjoy it if it kept washing up on my back porch. I wouldn't enjoy it if it kept wiping off my property every day. But there's walls. And they are necessary for life. Um, you go to uh, countries. We've got a great crisis in America right now. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to get into all of this, but the debate is, is every day you hear it, uh, illegal immigration. And, and if you're for walls and borders, uh, many would say that you're racist. If you're anti-walls and borders, uh, then, then, then many would say you're uh, one thing or another. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, we all came here for, from somewhere uh, before, before we got here, uh, there was just land. Everybody who's here came here from somewhere. We all immigrated, so we ought to be welcoming to some immigration at the same time. If we want what we've got, if we want to keep what we've got, you've got to have a door to let people in and not let them flood in because the system can't handle that. Right? And so countries have walls. 
and they do not exist. You take a country without walls and borders of some sort and you tear them all down and I'll show you a country that will not exist very long. Their hospitals can't handle it. Their schools can't handle it. Their banking systems can't handle it. Their economy can't withstand that. Their workforce can't handle it. Our countries have walls, boundaries, borders. Businesses. I'm glad there's a walls at Walmart or you might not want to go shop at Walmart. You think it's bad, the theft at Walmart now. How bad would it be without walls? I mean, they're looking at you everywhere you turn there. There's a camera looking at you. And I'm, you know, you think, well, I understand they have to do that, but, but, but I feel like I'm getting watched everywhere I go. That's with walls. You, you got to, Imagine what it would be like without them. Walmart wouldn't exist. The gas station wouldn't exist. The grocery store wouldn't exist. Miss Tanya, down there at the bank, aren't you glad there's walls? I got a feeling you wouldn't work there no more if they tore them down. Walls. I like McDonald's. I don't know why. They never get my order right anymore. I think it's something from my childhood. We were poor. My mama took us to McDonald's. That was back in the day when you could go in there with change from the car and order enough to feed at least four or five people if you were frugal. I went there the other day. It cost me $40 to feed my family at McDonald's. I thought, man, I could have gone and got a steak. Of course, they wouldn't have been able to eat, but... I like McDonald's. My mom used to take us and, and we'd all get, she'd get them happy meals. And man, uh, the toys, they were never worth anything, but it was such a prize. And the toys and the McNuggets and the, and the dipping sauce and the French fries. And I thought we were somebody. That's, that's when, we, when we ate out, we went to one or two places. Occasionally on Sunday afternoon, we could get to go to Old Charlie's if we were doing well. And then maybe once or twice uh, in the summer, we'd go to McDonald's. And the rest of the time, we ate at the house. I love McDonald's. I like it now. I don't know why. They never get my order right. They're pretty rude most of the time. It's like they're offended that I'm there. I pull up. What do you want? <laughs> Say that again. You can't argue with them. You know better. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm offending them, but I'm going to be really nice to them. I'm sorry I'm here. I know you're busy, and you don't want me to be here, but would it be possible if I get some fries? Please. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd want to eat there if they didn't have no walls. I'm glad they got them. Huh? Houses um, have walls, and I'm glad they do. What all is kept out that we don't even know about? But what about our homes again? Are there walls in your home for your marriage? Is there, is there things set in place to keep you men right with God and your spouse? Are there walls in your home, ladies, to 
keep you right with your God and your husband and your children? When it comes to our children, is it a free-for-all? Just do what you want, get up when you want, go to bed when you want, go where you want, no questions asked, or are there walls? And, and, and the walls in one home may differ, but one thing that is similar in every home that's a real home is that home has walls. There are boundaries, there are borders, there are barriers. Everywhere we turn, there's a wall, a barrier, a border, a boundary. They control the chaos. And without them, what chaos it would be. Why is it that the one place where walls are so needed, the home, and I put in parentheses when I wrote this down, the Christian home. Is this amazing? It's not just a home problem. It's a Christian home problem. It's the one place where we can, where we can hardly find walls. Husbands and wives need walls. Children need walls. If we're going to build a home, uh, walls are a must. Without them, you are not building a home. Without them, you are not building a home. Um, let's see, it's 6.57. I don't even know how long. What am I, about 30 minutes in? Anybody know how long in I am? That's all right. You can, Brother Tripp's going to tell me. I, I'm being sincere. I want to know. 41 minutes. Y'all, if, if I can finish this up in about 10 minutes, would y'all give me that tonight? Uh, to, to finish this up. Uh, Caleb says I have another hour. Uh, I don't think uh, half of y'all are, are on board with Caleb. But I appreciate you for, he's ready to go. And somebody said, he needs to be quiet. <laughs> teasing. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, do you remember, and if you don't remember this, go, go back again online and find it. But do you remember the homes that we drew up in the first stage? We looked at each home and what they represented. Um, I, I want to consider them homes tonight, or them rooms, I'm sorry, not homes, rooms. Uh, the, the rooms we drew up in the first stage of home building, we went room by room, what that room represented. I want to consider them rooms without walls. Uh, and we'll do it quickly. Uh, the first room that we, we were drawing up the blueprints in our mind, spiritually, what we want in our home, and, and the first room that we, that we looked at was the, uh, it was the living room. And if you remember, I, 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 brought, I presented the living room to you uh, in the sense of this. It is the room for fellowship and fun. Uh, in a Christian home, I'll say it again, in a Christian home, there has to be a living room. There had, and I'm not talking about the living room at your house. I'm talking about the living room of your home. There has to be room in your home for fun and fellowship. You're not a drill sergeant. Uh, you're not a, this ain't boot camp. Uh, this is the home. And everybody who lives there ought to be able to fellowship and have fun. Would you agree with me? Now you take that same concept of the living room and you take away the walls. And I want to ask you a question. Do you have a living room, a place where people in that home have genuine fun and fellowship? Absolutely not. Uh, number one, because you can't hunt them down and find them to have fellowship with them. Uh, no, number two, because you're fighting all the elements that are flooding the home because there's no walls. Without them, there is no fellowship. Uh, without them, 
there is no fun. And we may call the stuff that we're doing fun, but it's killing everybody. Nobody's really having fun. And we have homes that, 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 that have uh, spouses and children, and most of it is arguing and fighting. And we have homes without any walls, and no one is happy or content to be there. And you don't have the living room spiritually without walls. Uh, how does that look without walls? Uh, then the second room we looked at, and we spent some time going through these. I won't do it again. But the second room was the kitchen, and that was the room for feeding. And every Christian home needs to have something, uh, a time in that home, a place of prayer and, 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 and Bible. And, and the Bible is emphasized whether it is read together every day or not. It is known that the individuals there, we are reading the Bible. We're, we're leaning upon the Bible. We're promoting prayer. Uh, we, 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 have, we have spiritual conversations where a father sits down with his children and, and talks to them on spiritual terms. We have spiritual conversations where a mother weeps over the children and talks with them. That is the kitchen. That is a place of nourishing and feeding that home. You take the walls out, you won't have anything to feed. Because every critter and varmint this side of Augusta will have devoured everything precious in your home. Everything life-giving in your home. Are you seeing this? Without walls... There won't be anything to feed. We looked at the master bedroom. We described that as a place for friendship, the place for familiarity, the place for faithfulness, the place for fatigue. When you're tired, it is a resting place. And how many of you parents appreciate that time at the end of the day when you say, good night, I love you for the 17th time? Because it takes 15, 16, 17 times to get them in bed. Go to bed. Okay, one more story. You tell me. They got to tell you. They don't want to hear one more. They want to tell you one more story. Okay, go to bed. All right, it's bedtime now. Okay, I love you too. All right, hadn't we done this already? Okay, let's go to bed. Okay. Uh, you're back in here again. What do you need now? Y'all talk back to me. Y'all know it's right. Yes, okay. All right, finally. And finally they go and you lay down in the bed and you say, Huh? Is that right? What does that look like without walls? What does that look like without boundaries? I hope you're seeing the comparison. I hope you're seeing what I'm, what I'm talking about. That, that don't happen. I mean, you might enjoy laying out under the stars a night or two, but you're not going to enjoy that forever. What does that look like? Um, the place for fights. I said the master bedroom was a place for fights. Hey, I got news for you. If you're married, you're going to fight. Especially if you've got kids. They'll bring it out of you. Um, if you're married, I don't care how Christian you are, you're going to fight. You're going to have disagreements. And those disagreements ought not be had in the living room because them kids don't need to hear all that. And thank God God's gave us a spiritual master bedroom. We can go get alone and talk this stuff out. But you can't do that without walls. Can't do it. 
I, I'm not going to go through all of these rooms tonight. I, I won't take the time to do it, but we, the laundry room, the room for forgiveness, uh, the bathroom, the room for, and this one was always comical, the room for flushing and fixing. There's stuff in your home that needs to go out of your home, but what's the point of getting something out of your home when you have no walls to keep it out of your home? Closets were the place for faith where, where, where we looked at it in the sense of going to the closet of prayer and calling on God, but also the place where when company comes over, we take everything in the living room and say, throw it in the closet, we got company coming. And everybody who lives in that house knows it's in the closet, but everybody who's visiting that house says, man, y'all got a really clean house. And you're just hoping the two-year-old don't say, hey, look in the closet. That's where we just took everything that was here when we seen you coming down the driveway. Uh, that's a place where the people in that house knows the problems, but they have confidence in one another that, that, that we keep home business home business. Unless it's a real issue that needs outside help. What does the closet look like when there's no walls? There's no confidence. We looked at the last one was the child's room, and that was the place for fostering and for our future. It is the place where we instill into these young people uh, uh, the life that they can have, that they can live, where we nurture them and bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. How does that look without walls? We build walls around our house to keep the wolves and the lions and the bears out. And we let all of hell's wolves, lions, and bears live in the bedroom with them. I'd go in their bedroom tonight and I'd find everything that looked like a devil, sounded like a devil, acted like a devil, walked like a devil, talked like a devil, and I'd burn it in the backyard before, before I went to bed tonight. I'd get every movie that they had and I'd watch it. And if it looked like a devil, sounded like a devil, acted like a devil, I'd burn it too. Why? Because why put up walls that keep wolves out when I got hell's wolves living in the room with them? And then I'd get their phones and I'd either turn them in and not give them back or I'd put so much on them that they, that they were limited and I would keep up with it because why keep, keep, keep the wolves out and let the wolves in? Because I promise you hell's wolves are more dangerous than... Burke County's coyotes. Uh, without walls, none of this works. It's not our walls that we are proud of, but it is, and there's some folks, they're proud of that they have walls, and they're proud of their walls. It's not our walls we're proud of, it's what's being held in our walls that we're proud of. Let's make sure to build some walls so that our, just like Isaiah 32, so that our people have a place of peace and surety and rest. Um, let me throw this out here at you and I'll quit tonight. What do these walls look like? Here's a good wall. It's called bedtime. Bedtime. It's a good wall. It may change as kids get older, but it's a good wall. Hey, it's bedtime. 
Uh, it's a good wall for adults to have. Time to go to bed. Right? Uh, accountability. We're accountable to one another. Husbands and wives and children. Accountability. Those are walls you need in your home. If you're single, those are walls. Get you some friends. Get, get, get your pastor. Get, get your parent. Get somebody that can be account- you can be accountable to. Uh, getting up time. If, if we let our kids sleep every day at 2 or 3 o'clock, they're, they're going to grow up and be depressed as you are. Because you sleep all day long and you're depressed. Now you can take this and, and, and not like me if you want, but, but you won't help, I'll help you. God, God, God meant for you to go to bed at night and get up in the morning. And you don't have to get up before the rooster crows. Some people do, and it's not a bad thing. You don't have to do that, but you ought to get up sometime when he does. Go to bed and get up. Uh, here's your wall, the food we eat. Junk in, junk out. No energy, low energy. Uh, not always because of that, but our, our kids grow up on Little Debbie's and Pop-Tarts and they're no wonder why they're sluggish and lazy and, and don't want to do anything. It's a wall. Let's feed them something. Let's invest them. I mean, we spend more money on feeding our dogs than most people do than giving our kids something healthy. Oh, we got to go get our precious little pet the best protein food and then feed your kids whatever. I'm just a real human being life. No wonder. Y'all help me right there. You know it's right. Well, I don't like that. I know, but it's so good for you. If you eat it long enough, you will like it. And my daddy always taught me, you'll learn to like it. We got one of the most precious videos, and I know none of y'all agree with me, and half of you don't listen to me. I know you don't. I hear. I know you don't. And I still love you. I do. I know you don't listen to me. And you go home and make fun of all this stuff that I say. That's all right. Your you, you, you kid's poor spouse, man, they're not going to. It's like, uh, it's, never mind. You're raising your grandkids' parents, I'll just tell you. Uh, we got a picture of Hudson. And I, I always told him, and I don't know, maybe it was just my daddy in me. Uh, my dad, I remember as a kid, I, I said, ugh. And my daddy didn't like that. Your mama cooked that, and that's food, and they're starving kids in Africa. And, and I'm not laughing that there is, and I never could figure out how me eating my food was going to help them kids. <laughs> I'm not making light of that. It's terrible, but I couldn't figure me eating was going to help them. But, but. He felt like it was, and so I was going to have to eat it, and, and he didn't like it. I remember Hudson was little, and I'd talk, tell them, boys, don't, don't you, uh, the food, you eat it. You don't like it, it's all right. And there'll be another meal coming around, and, and maybe you'll like that one. You just eat this one, it's good for you. And so we got a video, his mama was feeding him, he was still in the high chair, and, and he was just chewing, like hours of chewing, same bite. He couldn't bring himself to swallow it. I don't remember what it was, but he wouldn't swallow it, but he was steady chewing. It had gone in, and he knew it couldn't come out. He was chewing. And his mama said, you like that? And he said, mm-hmm. 
You like that? Mm-hmm. That may be too harsh for some of you. I don't know, but I guess they'll eat just about anything now. You just got to fight with them for just a little bit, and then you can live with them for a long time. I'd rather fight with them for a little bit in the beginning and be able to live with them after than have to fight with them the whole time. Um, well, we'll quit. Walls. Let's, uh, let's put some walls in our, in our home. Let's go examine our homes and see, see where there's breaches in the walls. Have you allowed stuff in that maybe it don't have any place there? It's hurting your home. You allowed stuff in. It's hindering your children's growth. And you need to go get you, get you some bricks and mortar and plaster up some walls. Or maybe there's never been a wall there and it's time because the elements are flooding in. It's time you build some walls. Lord, I love you tonight. I thank you. You've been mighty good to us. Lord, you've given us enough to go chew on this afternoon. Lord, I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would uh, help us speak to us when we get home. Lord, I pray. We thank you for it. We bless your name. Thank you for the church. What a privilege it is, Lord, to get to be able to invest in them. And they've invested in me. Lord, we've invested in one another because you've invested in us. Lord, if there's one lost tonight, I pray you'd save them. In Christ's name, amen.